This is Dave Chapin here. Welcome to the week 11 episode of the Wolf Sports Show for the 2021 NFL season. This week's show will be slightly different. We're just past the halfway point in the season. Instead of going through every single matchup for the upcoming week, we'll go division by division going through each team, all 32 teams again, as usual, because we... We like to cover every single team. I know a lot of NFL analysis, I guess you can say, doesn't cover everyone. They sort of stick with the teams they want to talk about. So we'll go division by division through every team, and then we'll get to the lock of the week and also a little bit on potential NFL expansion. There's... A lot of talk, rumors, whatever, heating up. So we'll get to that at the end of the show. But first up, the AFC East. Let's start with the Patriots. They've been highly impressive lately. Mac Jones last week against the Browns, the numbers weren't like amazing or anything, like 350 yards or something, but that was one of the best games by a quarterback this season, I think. One of the best games by a rookie quarterback I've seen in a while. He looks like a veteran quarterback already. Doing things at the line of scrimmage, getting the team into the right play, as far as I can tell. And the ball placement and accuracy and timing and everything has just been really outstanding. And Jones is making a lot of people look really bad for... I guess he wasn't flashy enough. Tyron Matthew, Chiefs, a uh, great safety for the Chiefs. He came out and said tweet on Twitter, he tweeted how wrong everyone was because Jones isn't like a super athlete and running around and throwing sidearm and stuff like that. It's interesting coming from Matthew, but he says how Jones is proving people wrong, which he definitely is. And him getting that much respect as a rookie quarterback from a rival team, Chiefs and Patriots, they've become rivals over the years, even with Brady going last year. So for Jones to get that type of recognition from a star player on another team, on a competitor, almost out of nowhere, is that tells you Jones is pretty good. Looks like something special. And yeah, it is early. He's in a good spot. But... Obviously, Jones was a very good draft prospect. He was discounted big time in the media. I guess he was too boring for them. I'm just going to say it. Wolf Sports had him as a top quarterback prospect. That that was definitely worthy of a top five pick. Here's high as number three. The talk was that the Niners won him at three, and then it seems like things changed, and they went with Trey Lance, who we also like Trey Lance, but... Jones had no business going, what do you go, 15 to the Patriots? He had no business going that late in the draft. He was a clear top 10 pick, if not top five. And the offseason for New England, just with Jones, Christian Barmore, who also another guy had no business going where he went. He should not have went in the second round. He should have been a first-round pick, I think. Ramondre Stevenson, running back, he had 100 yards last week. He 
looks almost like a different player than he did in college because he slimmed down and he's showing off his quick feet. Hunter Henry caught another touchdown last week. Nelson Aguilar, it might not show up in the stat sheet, but he stretches the field and opens things up for everyone, including the run game. Kendrick Bourne has made plays, including this week he went up. Uh, Jones gave him a shot, hot point of the ball. Matt Judon's made an impact on the defense. So, yeah, the Patriots, uh, I probably won't talk about any other team this much today, but I think people were a little wrong on Bill Belichick being nothing without Brady. As I've said after the matchup between the Bucks and Patriots on the show after that earlier this season, how they're both great, Brady and Belichick, and people, I think, forgot about Belichick. And the offseason he had and the team had spending big in free agency to bring in guys like Aguilar, Judon. It's paying off, and the Patriots look like one of the best teams in the league. It took them time to get going, but that's nothing new for them, and they're rolling right now. And it looks like the Patriots pose a legitimate threat to the Bills. The Bills are still the favorites in the AFC East. And it was good to see them get back on track. Stephon Diggs had a good game last week, which we saw last season. He had a huge second half. We could see that again. And Diggs doing well will just open things up for everyone else. Buffalo also got Matt Breed involved on offense. He's an explosive running back, really fast. And he's just another indication of the depth the Bills have. They're second in scoring offense, first in scoring defense. But yeah, two of the best teams in the league are in the AFC East, it looks like. For the Dolphins, they're playing much better. They're looking more like the team that we saw last season when they won 10 games. The defense was just relentlessly pressuring Lamar Jackson last week with all-out blitzes, which they can do, really, because they have the corners to hold up in coverage. And the secondary overall to hold up in coverage, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Eric Rowe, good safety play. It might be a little late, but the Dolphins are playing well now. The situation with Tua Tango Bailoa was weird. He didn't start last week because of the finger again, but then he came in the game. It was clearly not – he has a fractured finger, so it's bothering him a little bit on his throwing hand. But he looked good. He threw the ball well, and I'm not sure. Maybe they might not have won if he didn't go in the game. He moved the offense, and I don't think Tua is getting enough credit for – he's – played because all the Deshaun Watson rumors were swirling but Tua has played pretty well he hasn't been lining it up or anything but he's played well the offense has dealt with injuries the offensive line has struggled but Tua has played well this season and I've got to say for Miami the play by Robert Robert Hunt on the screen where he was he's lined up at guard so obviously he's not an eligible receiver but he Caught the ball, made a juke, uh, was flipped over, reached for the end zone. It looked awesome. Uh, it looked like it was going to count because I like you just see the guys got for the screen. I thought maybe he was somehow eligible on the play. I didn't like look where he was before the play, before the snap, really, at first live. And it was just so funny on the replay. He's turned around. He's he looks like he was. It looks like the play was intended for him and. It didn't count, of course, but still really memorable. One of the best non-plays in league history, one of the funniest plays in league history that didn't count. So that was great, and you could see how funny 
he was just laughing about it after Christian Wilkins came out and was laughing. So that was really a memorable Thursday night moment. And then finally, the Jets, they played the Dolphins this week. Joe Flacco starting. Uh, I don't know what the Jets are doing with... I said how the Flacco trade was weird. I really like Flacco, but it didn't seem like a move, a team that's... You wouldn't have the mindset you're making the playoffs, but realistically, when the Jets made the Flacco trade, I don't think anyone really thought they would be going to playoffs. And he didn't even play for a while. Now he's playing this week. We'll see if the conditional six, which was pretty high, turns into a fifth maybe for the Eagles. And the Jets, the defense, just under Robert Saw has not come together yet. It's still his first year. But now Salah's in a war of words with former Jets head coach Rex Ryan, who basically trashed him, said, don't ever compare him to me. And Salah says Rex Ryan knows where he can find him. So, yeah, not great for the Jets right now. Now the AFC North, the Bengals had a bye last week. We've seen teams be sluggish off the bye, but they should be anxious to get back in action after the Browns basically stomped them a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see how they fare off the bye. The Browns themselves, they couldn't keep the momentum going. They were destroyed by the Patriots, who we talked about. Not having Nick Chubb is tough. It probably wouldn't have made a huge difference in the game. They got beat by 38 points. But still, I am I know the players don't want to miss games. I, personally, as a fan, I'm tired of star players missing against COVID, not just star players, all players missing against COVID, especially if they're vaccinated, you could say. Because I, it's been two years basically now with the virus. Is it ever going to end? Uh, hopefully, hopefully this is the last year with the nonstop testing, and hopefully it's hopefully we move on to some extent and get closer to back to normal. Hopefully that happens in twenty twenty two. We'll see, but Chubb should be back for this week against the Lions. The Ravens, you could maybe chalk that up last Thursday night to it being a short week. Thursday night games, they're sometimes weird. But the concern is if other teams start using that game plan and and it works, if it's now in Baltimore's head a little bit about the odd blitzes, I would think they'll be able to overcome it not everyone has the personnel of the Dolphins to do that. And the Ravens face the Bears this week. And we'll see how they go after Justin Fields. They'll probably turn around and do what happened last week to them. Offensively, they'll try to do that to the rookie Fields probably. And put a lot of pressure on them. That's, what, that's how Baltimore plays defense. So that'll be interesting. And Baltimore still in first in the AFC North. And then we have the Steelers who... Because of the tie, they're half a game back of the Ravens. It wasn't easy to deal with Ben Roethlisberger being out the night before the game because of COVID-19 protocols. Mason Rudolph didn't play poorly or anything, but it was just one of those games. It was like a slugfest at the end. The teams were going back and forth. 
snowy conditions, like not like heavy snow or anything, but there was snow at Heinz Field and no offense could could score at the end, including overtime. And we have a tie, the first tie of the season. Ties are kind of, I guess, annoying to fill in on the records. But yeah, five, three, and one. Pittsburgh stands at a game; they're half a game behind the Ravens in the tight division. For the AFC South, the Titans just they keep playing well, and again, they're not a group that's I don't anticipate having letdowns under Mike Variable. He gets them ready to play. They probably enjoyed the type of game they played against the Saints last week. It was a defensive battle. They won it, a close one. But this week, we'll see if they can get more explosive with plays to A.J. Brown against a Texans team that is probably going to struggle to contain them if they're clicking. And the Texans are off their bye. I don't think it came at a good time for them because before the bye, it was Tyrod Taylor's first game back from the hamstring injury, which forced him out several weeks. I think he was rusty in his return, and then he had the bye. So that rust factor might still be there for him. Still, we'll see if his playing style can keep Houston in this game this week and in games moving forward. The Colts were able to get back to 500 with the win over the Jags last week. They held on and won. I still don't understand at the end of the games, Jonathan Taylor not getting fed the ball to close things out. He had nearly 100 yards rushing in the first quarter. Then the workload just dropped off some after that. I don't get it. And also Carson Wentz, I think, needs to hit him on the checkdowns when he's open. Wentz forces the ball into tight coverage a little too much. Sometimes it pays off with pinpoint throws if he makes them, but you have a guy like Taylor underneath wide open, nobody within 10 yards of him. You probably should take that every single time until they then maybe force him up and hit the plays down the field. And for the Jags, Urban Meyer refuses to believe that they're far off, he says, from being a good team, essentially. They are playing tough, and again, it's a good sign that they're they're playing hard, and the early season stuff with Meyer seems to be a thing of the past. Again, they're playing hard, and they have had some close losses this season. And in the AFC West, the Chiefs are suddenly back in first place. I wouldn't get too excited about them being fully back they might be the Raiders just they didn't play well either that has to be stated they didn't but unlike Wentz who was just mentioned Patrick Mahomes did take the check down on Sunday night against the Raiders Daryl Williams had a big game as a runner and receiver racked up some catches and Mahomes checking the ball down then opened things up he didn't have like 80 yard bombs tired killer or anything but he picked apart the Raiders. Towards the end of the game, they came up. He was able to get one over the top on them through five touchdowns. That could be the game that gets Mahomes going and gets him to realize he doesn't need to force the ball. He's got great coaching, plenty of playmakers. And him playing like that paired with the Chiefs defense that under the radar is playing really good again. Maybe Kansas City can climb back into this and contend for Super Bowl as mostly everyone expected entering the season. The Chargers, over the past month, past four games, they've just been just off. It's just 
they're in a lull right now, I think, a little bit. They did beat the Eagles. Justin Herbert looked really good in that game. But as I said last week, a lot of teams have looked like that against the Eagles. And overall, it's just, I think, been a lull for the Chargers. They can snap out of it. They have the players. But now Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery are on the COVID list. Eh, yeah, hopefully they get cleared by Sunday night and can play because it's not good to see all these players missing games because of COVID. The Broncos, they just faced that Eagles team that I mentioned, but I think maybe it was a letdown for them following the Cowboys win in Week 9. The run defense remains a concern for Denver. You had the Teddy Bridgewater situation where he threw a pick six to Darius Slay, didn't make much of an effort to even get in the way. So that's kind of hanging over the team right now, but Vic Fangio did commit to Bridgewater being their starter, clearly. I kind of want to see Drew Locke get a shot at some point, but the Broncos are 5-5 five and five and still in the mix, so they want to stick with Bridgewater for now. And then finally, the Raiders, we hit on them. With, they just... They didn't play well at all against the Chiefs. They're missing the speed element on offense. Deshaun Jackson, is he joined midseason, and he's a veteran. He's not He's not making the same. He's not going to make the same impact as Henry Ruggs did in the offense. Overall, it's just too much might have been going on for the Raiders this season. We'll see if they can bounce back this week against the Bengals. But they've gone through a lot this season. And now to the NFC, NFC East. The Cowboys, they bounced back. Uh, I don't want to get too much into them, but the Falcons just couldn't stick with uh, them, their offense. Then you had Washington getting a big win over the Bucks. Taylor Heineke, again, his best two games have probably come against Tampa Bay. The Bucks' defense is struggling, but give Heineke credit for making throws, putting them on the money, keeping drives going, including at the end of the game, the 19-play drive. And Washington, unfortunately, lost Chase Young to the year to a torn ACL. This will give guys the opportunity to step up on the defense, on all levels of the defense, step up, try to make up for that loss. But Washington was able to get off to a fast start last week. They forced... I think it was a fumble and an interception. Right now it's called two interceptions. They might change it. The first one looked like he, Jalen Darden, caught it and turned and fumbled, but we'll see if they keep it or what. Anyway, two turnovers early for the Bucks put them behind. And Washington, that's the type of game they would like to play to not have to play from behind, be ahead, get favorable field position. And we'll see. Maybe they can get a win this week. And if the Cowboys lose to the Chiefs, it could be make Thanksgiving, second game on Thanksgiving, a little more interesting in the division. Then you have the Eagles. The Eagles are creeping up a little bit for perhaps wild card contention. They handled the Broncos in Denver. Again, the run game was strong with Jordan Howard and company. The defense, they've had some bad games, but they've had some games where they made plays and game-changing plays against like against the Lions and then last week against the Broncos. I think the progression of Jalen Hurts as a passer has been a big story. 
early in the season. I think he was trying to be too precise on the deep ball instead of just letting it go. I think now he's gotten more comfortable and he's just firing it to the intermediate and deep parts of the field. It's been pinpoint. He hasn't been asked to complete a bunch of passes anymore since Philadelphia wisely went to a more run-heavy approach. But his throws have been on the money. The connection with Devontae Smith has been great in recent weeks. Hurts steps up in the pocket. He's calm back there. He wants to throw first, but he'll run if he needs to and pick up positive yardage. If Hurts keeps playing like this, keeps getting better, keep an eye on the Eagles. I'm not saying they're going to make a Super Bowl run, but they can definitely get a playoff spot, I think. And the schedule doesn't look too challenging on paper coming up. They'll probably be in tight games with within the division. And then the Giants had a bye. They'll now play Monday night against the Bucks, and hopefully Saquon Barkley is back from his ankle injury. That's kept him out for a few games. He should be back, I think, barring a setback in practice. The NFC North, Aaron Rodgers was back last week. He might have been slightly rusty too, but the Packers' defense are just, they've been one of the best in the league. And that group is why, in my latest power rankings on wolfsports.com, I have Green Bay in the top spot right now. The defense, if they play like that, paired with Rodgers at quarterback, Devontae Adams at receiver, and the ability to run the ball, Aaron Jones is going to miss at least a week, maybe two or more with an MCL sprain, but A.J. Dillon and Jones should be healthy for the playoffs. And if they play that type of defense paired with a running game with Dillon being somebody you don't want to tackle when it's cold out, you saw last week at Lambeau Field, Dillon went off. And that might be a glimpse of what we could see late in the season and into January. So the Packers are in a really good spot. If Rodgers didn't miss because of COVID, they easily could be riding a nine-game winning streak. Their only loss was week one to the Saints, which was 38-3, I think it was. They just weren't ready to play or whatever happened. Since then, the only loss is to the Chiefs, which was a close game. They, I think most agree they probably would have won if Rodgers was at quarterback. The Vikings were able to get a huge win last week over the Chargers. They're right in the wild card picture. Patrick Peterson might be close to coming back. He's on IR because of his hamstring injury. The defense did a pretty good job on Justin Herbert last week. I'm interested to see how they do against Rodgers on Sunday. And if Minnesota can win this game against the Packers, it's at home for Minnesota. Maybe they could make things close in the division. We'll see. They're a few games back right now. And the Lions, at least they won't be going 0-17 because of the tie. That was, it didn't equate to a win, at least a tie, not a loss. But that was the type of game they want to play under Dan Campbell. Just keep it close and see if he can win in the end. DeAndre Swift was given a heavy workload on the ground. But I think TJ Hawkinson at tight end needs more than one target in the game. It's surprising Dan Campbell didn't get him more involved last week. And we'll see if they get him more involved moving forward. But now Jared Goff is dealing with an oblique injury, which he might miss this week against the Browns. Hopefully he's good to go. And we'll see moving forward how they incorporate Josh Reynolds in the offense, if he can provide more of a boost on the outside, because Goff needs that. He needs more more help from the outside weapons, because he can put the passes on the money. 
as anyone that actually watches knows. And then the Bears coming off the bye. Again, I want to see how Fields does against this aggressive Ravens defense on Sunday, so that'll be one to watch for Fields. He showed promise during the bye week the past few games, and the extra week to prepare should help Matt Nagy and Fields and Chicago this week. Again, off the bye, we'll see if they get Allen Robinson more involved on offense. The NFC South, the Bucks, they just came off the bye. They had a great week of practice, they all said. And they might have thought, the indications are, they might have thought that week of practice would have just translated into them rolling on Sunday. That didn't happen. The loss to Washington was an indication of the depth and parity in the NFL right now. As I've said before, it looks as deep as ever. It's really, it's it's insane how many teams could make playoff pushes, I thought, before the season. And it's look like, it looks like that's happening. You got plenty of depth throughout the league. But returning home for this Monday night against the Giants, I expect Tampa Bay to be sharp. And they're still dealing with a bunch of injuries. Antonio Brown, he's one of the big ones. Obviously, Rob Gronkowski too, but Brown has great chemistry with Brady and as a third receiver makes it incredibly difficult for defenses to stop them. And he posted, I guess it was on Instagram, indicating he might be back soon. So whenever that happens, that'll be a huge boost for Tampa Bay's offense. The Saints had that narrow loss to the Titans. They faced the Eagles this week. New Orleans needs to get off to quicker starts. Trevor Simeon's played well at the end of games. But a faster start this week against Philadelphia will be key. And remember, the Saints lost to the Eagles last year. So they should be prepared and know like they can't just expect to go in there and win. The Falcons, again, they just couldn't stick with the Cowboys last week. They play at home tonight, but it might be tough. The Patriots are, are on fire right now. Cordero Patterson is now dealing with an ankle injury. He might miss tonight. If he plays, I would expect him not to be as explosive as he's been. New England might take away a call pits. So it's up to the Falcons' defense, I think, to somehow step up and get some stops, maybe force some turnovers tonight, which isn't easy the way Mac Jones is taking care of the ball. And finally, the Panthers' Cam Newton was back and scored two touchdowns quickly, one rushing, one receiving. Clearly, he's bringing a ton of energy to the Panthers, which is maybe what they were in need of. The defense is electric, one of the best in the league. The Panthers made the move thinking they're going all in, trying to make the playoffs and then maybe make a run. Newton, he's late in his career, later in his career, but he is a former MVP. I think the experience in New England definitely improved him as a quarterback, as a passer. He probably learned a lot, he would say. I think he has said that. The feeling is the Panthers could maybe make a run in the NFC South. I don't know about that, but we'll see. They play the Bucks twice. Could get interesting down the stretch. But I definitely think the Panthers are in a better spot now with Newton back in the mix, at least for the short term for this year. And the final division, the NFC West, the Niners destroyed the Rams last week. Rams have lost lost two straight, and it hasn't been pretty at all. The offense in particular, 
as I said in the power rankings uh, this week on wolfsports.com, it's doesn't look too much like a Sean McVay offense to me that LA is running. I think they, I would think McVay wants to get the run game going more with Daryl Henderson or Sonny Michelle, but it's been some drop back passing, some mistakes. Stafford has not played well. He could have had, he had a couple of interceptions. One of them was off Tyler Higby's hands and one, it was still in a double coverage, but Odell Beckham didn't go down the field. Still, it probably wouldn't have picked anyway, the first one to Beckham. But anyway, he could have had more interceptions than that. And it doesn't look good for their hands right now. They're seven and three, but I'm just I'm not high as high on them as everyone else seems to be. And Troy Aikman had some comments on the addition of Beckham saying that basically like the team probably feels and Stafford probably feels they need to get him the ball. And people immediately started criticizing Aikman saying like Beckham only had whatever it was. 15, 18 snaps, I don't know what it was, and the two catches, and that it didn't have an impact. These people are just insane. Like, Aikman is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think he would know the mindset of a quarterback. Like, if you don't think in the back of Stafford's mind that he's thinking, I got to get out of the ball, he's a guy that really wants the ball, and that might cause him to force it to him, as arguably he did on that first interception on Monday night. You're crazy if you don't think that's a possibility and people just laughed off Aikman's comments, but I definitely agree. You don't, And you didn't need to be a Hall of Fame quarterback like Aikman. Like if you played sports, you know stuff like that. It happens. If you have a receiver that wants the ball, you're going to be thinking, I got to get him the ball. You you can't, You nobody I don't think totally phases that out, even the greatest quarterbacks. And Aikman would know. He played with Michael Irvin like, but I guess uh, I guess the Blue Chucks know more than Troy Aikman. So, and as for the Niners, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, he looked really good. The run game powered the Niners' offense, but in third down situations, and pretty much throughout the entire game, Garoppolo was on the money, pinpoint passes. Debo Samuel made huge plays again, and a big reason why Samuel can do stuff like that is because Garoppolo puts the ball on him right on the money in stride so Debo can use his after the catch ability and break big runs after he gets the ball in his hands and the defense if they can play like that maybe it was a product of the Rams just being off but if they can play like that the Niners can definitely get back into things in the NFC the Cardinals are coming off their second loss of the year they were blown out by the Panthers for Arizona I think it might have simply been a bad mix of things you're bound to have those type of games, especially in a league this deep today. And not having Kyler Murray and also DeAndre Hopkins might have caught up to them a little bit. We'll see if Murray can come back this week against Seattle. But keep in mind, the Cardinals have a bye in Week 12. So they might want to rest them through that to ensure the ankle is 100% down the stretch. And the final team, the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's return to the lineup did not go well last week. They were shut out for the first time in his tenure with the Seahawks. Seattle being shut out for the first time under Wilson is another indication of the Green Bay defense being maybe the most underrated unit in the league to this point. But Wilson, his finger was completely fine. Everyone said it's fine. It's 100% now. But I think he's not going to make excuses. He's not that type of person. 
but he was probably simply rusty. He hadn't played in a while. Not like he got a ton of practice time ahead of his return. He had to go a decent stretch without throwing at all. So it's not surprising that getting shut out is not expected, but it's not surprising that the Seahawks couldn't get a ton going on offense. But now it's it's crunch time there. It's not a must win yet, but this week against the Cardinals is huge for the Seahawks. So we hit all 32, and now let's get to the lock of the week. Last week, the pick was the Ravens. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done the Thursday game. They're too weird. But and the pick should have been the Panthers. I think it was plus 10.5. They were getting against the Cardinals. Thought maybe like Vegas knew something I didn't, but that seemed like way too have a spread, and it turned out the Panthers killed them. So that should have been the pick last week. Anyway, this week, a similar situation feels like Green Bay minus one and a half is it just looked weird when I first saw it. I thought the spread would be a little bigger. The game is in Minnesota, but I'm thinking Green Bay can win by more than one. And finally, no no uh, questions this week that we're going to get to, no comments that we're going to get to. But if you have them for next week, it's Thanksgiving next week, Thursday. That's when I'm planning to put out the show, but we'll see. If you have any Thanksgiving-related questions or comments or whatever, uh, feel free to send them in. David Chapin at wolfsports.com is the email. Just send them there. But instead of that, this week we're going to hit on NFL expansion talk. It might be just to get clicks. Um, that's what their site is sort of about, pro football talk. But they do have sources. And they're saying that NFL expansion franchises could go to 40 teams. It'd be eight divisions of five teams. So each team right now, it's four divisions. There are four teams per division. And it would go to five teams per division and keep the eight divisions. That would be that would be something that would I think that would be better symmetry wise than right now we have the divisions are fine, but with the seventeenth game it's just odd. They're gonna go to eighteen games at some point, the NFL. I don't know. The math is weird with the schedule. It feels like it should probably work out better where you have 40 teams with 18 games because 18 is a lot of games you're gonna I don't know how the final matchup will be determined right now it's uh, corresponding rotational on the division basis uh, from the other conference anyway expansion is going to happen at some point and 40 teams it feels like a lot but that would be Intriguing to see which cities. It'd have to be eight more cities. St. Louis would be one of them, almost certainly. London, undoubtedly, would be one of them. Maybe two. They might get two, like L.A. Just got two franchises recently. New York has had two franchises. And London is another one of the biggest cities in the world. So they would get at least one, maybe two. And I think Toronto would be an awesome spot. It's Kind of close to Buffalo, I guess, with the fans. But Toronto, if you put a franchise there, maybe you can get the entire nation of Canada on their side as a Canadian team. I know you have the CFL. The CFL people won't like this. They have the Toronto team. 
but the NFL is is another level. And Toronto is one of the biggest cities in North America. I think Toronto would be an awesome spot for a franchise. And we get messages about the yearly, the annual expansion franchise article. That's always in the off season that we do it. So keep an eye on that next off season. If you're interested to see the past ones, we've done it three years now. Just go to wolfsports.com, search NFL expansion, and it should come right up. Uh, it's a four-part series from the past three years, so you can look at all of them if you want. And Toronto has been the pick for the city in that. And I'm not even kidding. I, I don't know if any big money people listen to this podcast. If you want to start an ownership group, feel free to reach out to us. We, I don't think it's a question. Wolf Sports has the best NFL draft rankings in the media compared to NFL teams using PFF is not perfect at all, not even close, but using their grades, which the guys we like probably aren't even that favorable with their metrics, but using their grades, it's comparable to any NFL team, really. I think the Saints and Bills and maybe Colts are among the top teams. I think we're right up there with them in terms of accuracy if you if every team drafted using our boards. So yeah, eight teams. Who knows? Big money people out there, feel free to reach out. If the NFL is going to add eight teams, uh, we'd like to be part of one of them. That would be pretty cool. As for owners, the NFL, Jerry Jones has said it, I think, publicly, how they want Jeff Bezos as an owner. They're adding eight teams, and he wants to be an owner, which apparently he probably does. Why wouldn't he? I would think he'll be one of them. So any friends of Bezos, feel free to reach out to him. Tell him to give us a call if he's interested, and we'll help him run the team from the football operation side. Overall, eight more teams. I don't know where you find the owners. There's plenty of rich people out there, I guess, or wealthy people out there, I guess, but that would be very intriguing if they add eight more teams. My only concern is it feeling more like, I guess, international leagues like soccer and basketball and all that. 40 teams is a lot. That It almost feels like way too much to me. Although, again, I like the 32 teams and 16 games. I thought that was perfect. I think add another week if you want, but then make it another bye week. I think it should have been 18 weeks, 16 games, two byes, but better for player safety, better for preserving records. Unfortunately, that's that's in the past. It's not happening. We're already at 17 games, and it's going to keep going. It's going to go to 18 games, and now it sounds like more teams too. And also on his own podcast, the Let's Go podcast, Tom Brady recently came out against the addition of the 17th game too. He says it's pretty pointless, basically not happy that it happened. And I completely agree. I've agreed for a while. It doesn't make sense to me, but I suppose it's about money. So that does it for this week's episode of the Wolf Sports Show. A little different format. We'll see if we stick with it or not. Feel free to let me know. Reach out, email. If you like this better or the format of going through each matchup instead, either way, we're going to hit all 32 teams every week. So we'll leave it there. Enjoy the games this week. If you like this episode and past episodes and you have a moment, it would be great if you can 
just take one second to rate the show five stars if you like it that much and if you have even more time maybe to write a review but either way thank you for listening and we'll be back next week for thanksgiving